Welcome to Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. Happy to be with you today on this fine Monday, the 24th of June. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend um, and a wonderful Father's Day. I say Father's Day because even though technically you did hear my voice, along with the voice of my amazing, wonderful co-host, John Girardi. Hey. uh, You heard our voices last week, the day after Father's Day, uh, but those were... That was a scam. That was a fraud. It was actually a pre-recorded show. So this is our first actual live post-Father's Day show. Oh, a fraud hoisted upon the American people. That's right. Good Lord. Uh, what and, a monster. And that was because I was in Israel. Oy vey. Uh, exactly. Um, I, I learned a little bit, John, about the difference between uh, Yiddish and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that, ironically, Yiddish is mostly German. Yeah. <laughs> with just a few uh, Hebrew words thrown in there. There you go. Um, it actually was fascinating. Um, at some point, I, I may want to do like an actual, I don't know if I'll do a whole show on Israel. but an Israel deep dive. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think I'll probably do some recurring uh, vignettes. Um, you know, it's, it's one there of those things. That, you remember the Brian Regan uh, famous... Uh, famous thing where there's the guy in the conversation. Brian Regan is a comedian, for those of you who don't know, and he has this very funny comedic bit about how there's always the guy that has to be like the one-up guy in the conversation. Yeah. And he says he always wished that he could be around Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin because <laughs> then they could always go, well, I walked on the moon. moon. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to try to not be that guy and, you know, casually just drop into conversation. Well, when I was in Israel, uh, <laughs> but I, 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 but he's going to do that. I'm probably going to do that occasionally. Um, yeah. Um, when I was on the border of uh, the Golan Heights with uh, Syria, uh, I learned from a uh, <laughs> IDF military commander that. But but it was actually very cool. I, I will say, um, uh, California Family Council. We do not generally take a big position on international issues. Uh, we are primarily a domestic public policy organization, focused, as you know, if you are a regular watcher or listener, on the issues of life, family, and liberty. Um, uh, that being said, John, I do think that there were some very interesting points of, of being in Israel. It was kind of a reminder of the the value of rugged individualism. Um, I, I joked with someone. I, this was not an insult to the people in Israel. It was, if anything, maybe the biggest compliment that a conservative could pay them. I said, talking to a lot of the people there, including, by the way, did you know that they have cowboys in Israel? I was unaware. They have. Uh, I do not know what the uh, Hebrew word is for vaquero, but essentially, you uh, have that. You more right. or less had that. Um, they. Uh, the funny thing was in a. Uh, if I showed you photos, John, of the airport uh, or or the airplane landing as I was coming in, I took a photo out of the window, mm-hmm. and I go, "Oh, I thought we were actually leaving Fresno. I didn't realize we were back in the San Joaquin Valley." But no, a, a hu- it just looks. A lot like here. It, it's like huge green fields and irrigation equipment, and yeah, a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of cities as well. Yeah. It, it was like well, it's basically desert, and then through you know some smart engineering, they turned it into useful, productive land. So, and they always Way to go. They always talk about Israel as being the startup nation. So, is this? It's this weird mix of the country being so small. It's like this compressed version of. Um, Kind well, of now these, I'm imagining like a startup bro, but wearing like a, a yarmulke. A yarmulke. And <laughs> yep. A little curl. Uh, that Listen, was, bro. Uh, with simple investment, if you give me $20,000, I promise we're going to have a f- four times return on inv- ROI and blah, blah, blah. It, anyway. It's not, it's not 
entirely unlike that uh, from people I've talked to. They, they make they lean heavily, especially in Tel Aviv. They lean heavily into the idea of you know it's um it's you know <laughs> Miami on the Mediterranean slash. I know they, they've been they've been having a lot of American commercials about hey visit Tel Aviv. It's yep. not just for religious people. Oh yeah, have, like, beautiful oh, no. gals and bikinis and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Well, so so here's the funny thing, and 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 it is a weird mix. Meet the Jewish princess of your dream. So, uh, John, the, the crazy thing was. Uh, Again, taking the, the zoomed out view, a lot of American conservatives are very pro-Israel, and I, and I think mm. as they should be from from a uh, from a purely democratic perspective. The, the crazy thing was to see just how um, disproportionately affected Israel is with the rest of the Middle East. Um, one of the examples they showed was that there's approximately um, a population of about six million people in mm. Israel. Now that's not just six million Jews because there's there's a mix yeah. within there of uh, in the Palestinian part of the country there is about six million Palestinians as well mm-hmm. uh, but even within Israel proper Israeli citizens there's a good percentage I think 15 to 20 percent are Arab Israelis mm. so relatively speaking though even if you put all that together it's about 6.5 million citizens of the state of Israel mm-hmm. um, Egypt is about 110 million mm-hmm. <laughs> Egyptians <laughs> um, Iran is about 120 million. I mean, Saudi Arabia is about, I think, 80 to 100 million. So, uh, and and that's if that's not even including all these other countries in the Arab League. So they showed this mix, and they said, you know, Israel about six million. Uh, all the other 21 countries in the Arab League about 500 million. Yeah. <laughs> so Israel, just in terms of citizens, they're outnumbered almost 100 to one in their neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and also, as soon as the country got formed, like. All of those countries started trying yep. to kill them. Yep. So. <laughs> it, I mean, it was it was almost immediately the the day that they were announced as a new country, uh, they were attacked. And the, the thing that's been interesting, John, is to see kind of this interesting mix of kind of the religious aspect of the country, because as you said, there's a huge religious population in the country. Mm-hmm. There are the the ultra orthodox, as they call them, the people mm-hmm. who wear. Uh, what we would think of in America as the very traditional religious garb, you know, the, the hat, black and the, the black hats, hats and, and the, the, yeah. they spend a lot of time at the wailing wall praying. And they also have very, very large families, like, you know, 10 plus kids. Um, the average, the average family size among the ultra Orthodox is I think between six to eight kids. Jeez, um, it's almost a Girardi like pace. I know there you it's go. pretty amazing. <laughs> so would you have an announcement to make? No, I no. Oh, okay. Okay. Just, I'm just making sure. I mean, as far as I know, yeah. I don't, I don't, you I never know. Yeah, I don't know. Holly, do we have an announcement to make? No, okay. no, no. All right. <laughs> anyway. Certainly not to you. <laughs> <laughs> not to our radio audience today. Um, so there is a... Th- not th- to Mr. Great at keeping secrets, well, Jonathan Keller. <laughs> hey, you know, I, uh, I, I, I may or may not have blown many secrets in the past. So uh, That's okay. But the thing, John, that was interesting to me was just to see... Um, it's kind of this bizarre mix where on the one hand um, they have uh, because because there is no separation they made they made a, a clear thing because we kept saying separation of church and state and they mm-hmm. said well there's no separation of religion and state and we said oh okay well, that makes sense okay. the there is officially in Israel like a actual state rabbinate uh, rab- rabbinate mm-hmm. um, so like the state of Israel has a group of rabbis that they work with that issue like kosher business licenses. Mm. It's not required that your businesses be kosher, but but obviously like, it's helpful for it's, your business. It's very it's helpful. Kosher, yeah. Um, it's also something where you, if you are Jewish um, and you want to be married, 
in the eyes of the state so that mm-hmm. your kids, I don't know, have access to yeah, public yeah. benefits and everything. You have to be married legally and yeah. morally as a Jew. So gay marriage is officially illegal. Oh, there we go. But, but you also can just go to the island of Cyprus, which is like a short, I think, 90-minute um, plane flight. And then when you come back, Israel sort of has to recognize your marriage, but it's yeah. it's complicated. So there's yeah. this there's this weird mix where they yeah, have well, a— And there's also—I mean, I, th- I believe— I could be wrong about it, but I believe Israel also has like legal abortion. And they do publicly funded legal abortion, which, which is, is which, which is, is bizarre. Weird. Yeah, it, and and there are certain ways in which Israel is politically spe- like a lot of American conservatives think of Benjamin Netanyahu as like this ultra right winger, but yep. really, if he were in the United States, the party he would most clearly fit into would be he, he's kind of a middle of the road Democrat, right? Frankly. Or 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 he would be. He, he would he might be a be, Joe Lieberman type. Yes. I, would, I mean, not to just pick another <laughs> Jewish politician. But, Way uh, to go, John. Maybe, yeah, but uh, maybe like, I mean, he, he kind of fits in with a kind of Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, yeah. oh, who are, you know, big well, Israel hawks. Well, he would be, he would either be probably the most hawkish Democrat mm-hmm. or the most socially progressive Republican. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I, I would say from the Republican side of things, he might be like a Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Uh, type yeah, or, or uh, you know, s- someone Italians like... are close to being Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Italians, well, they're not Jews. Anyway, it's, <laughs> that was it, a family guy. I thing. was going to say, I could almost tell the song and dance number. But, th- but th- that was the weird thing was that when we were back there, Johnny, it was also, um, surprise, surprise, this is Pride Month. So they had the... Uh-huh. They had the Pride March in Tel Aviv. Not when we were in Tel Aviv. We were in Jerusalem mm-hmm. when it happened. Mm-hmm. But we were in Tel Aviv a couple days later, and we were looking at all the news coverage. So here's the other crazy thing to me. Just Again, it's it's weird for social conservatives because a lot of social conservatives support Israel for you know political reasons, democracy reasons, uh, spiritual reasons. Bible because reasons. Of the, yeah, Bible reasons. Uh, but a lot of alleged Bible reasons. A lot of Democrats. <laughs> that's right. A lot of Democrats. Just throwing, my, throwing my two cents in. Sorry. A, a lot of Democrats are fans of something like the boycott, divest, sanction movement. Yes. Um, the BDS movement. And which I always think sounds like a creepy sex thing, but then I realize, yes, oh, it's, like, it's, oh no, it's not. That's it's right. Just a foreign policy. Right. Um, the 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 weird thing about it, though, John, is that for all of the attacks that people like. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mm-hmm. and Ilhan Omar and all these other people make against Israel. One of the big constituencies of the Democratic Party is the LGBT community. Yeah. And in almost any of those other countries that we mentioned, whether it is Saudi Arabia Palestine, <laughs> or Iran. Yeah, yeah uh, where they're they're totally cool with executing Yep. Gay people. Literally, yeah. like throwing them off rooftops. That's, I mean, that that was what was happening in. Uh, oh, off, off of rooftops. Yes, oh, off, of, okay. off of rooftops. Literally, <laughs> that's what they would do in uh, in the caliphate during ISIS and, and even in other countries. They literally will march them up to the top, throw them off the roof, and then once they hit the ground, they'll pelt them with stones. Um, <laughs> well, just, just to make sure. Just just to make sure. So th- that, well, that, that was the hilarious thing about Disney, uh, you know, Disney talking about after Georgia passed its heartbeat law. Saying Bob Iker, the CEO of Disney, goes on in in an interview and says, "Oh, well, it'll be really hard for us to continue to do filming in Georgia after the passage yeah. of this bill." Meanwhile, a whole bunch of scenes from Star Wars were filmed in flipping Tunisia, Tunisia yep. Yep. where Same it's type illegal of laws, to be basically. gay, and and they're all, they're all kinds of horribly punitive things for gay pe- punishments for gay w- people. Whereas but. on the flip side, in Tel Aviv, you know, this horribly apartheid country of Israel. Mm-hmm. Their pride march, their LGBT pride march, had 250,000 people. Good Lord. 
It, I mean, it was gigantic. Now, yeah. uh, to, to clarify, uh, the w- w- we have some great uh, concerns <laughs> with the LGBT community <laughs> and the LGBT agenda in the state of California and in the country, which we will get to in a in a upcoming segment on the show. We're going to talk about Assemblyman Evan Lowe and ACR 99. We're going to talk about some of the positive stuff and the Supreme Court's decision on religious liberty. But, uh, John, it was just interesting for me to see kind of um, one of the one of the key things I learned was that Israel, maybe more than any other country, uh, at least that I've read about, they really defy categorization on a neat left-right uh, political map there in the go. United States. Yeah. So we'll talk about that a lot more, and I will just, uh, maybe we'll have a sound effect for whenever I say, when I was in Israel. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the big win for religious liberty at the Supreme Court on life, family, liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. Happy to be with you on this fine Monday. Happy to be in the studio of Right to Life of Central California. Yes. Happy Good. to be... Welcome, welcome Thank everyone, you. to the studios of Right to Life of Central California. The, the palatial studios of Right to Life Central California. Um, I, I will say, in all seriousness, it is, it is a blessing um, to be able to shoot this show uh, using video equipment from our friends at right to life it's nice to be able to have kind of the setup so we don't have to be doing everything on the fly every week mikasa esukasa mikasa esuna cantina (laughs) hey hey (laughs) sounds good um almost as good as the uh the wine i had in israel when i was back there no oh all right my dad uh my okay so this is hilarious my dad's a surgeon at valley children's hospital this is john girardi by the way john girardi by the way my dad dr joe girardi by the way, Orthopedic uh, Department of Valley Children's Hospital ranked in U.S. News uh, and World uh, U.S. News and uh, what's that newspaper? U.S. News and World, World Report. Report. Yeah, yeah, ranked yeah. The in big, the one of the top fifty. Agency. One of the top fifty orthopedic departments in the country, according to U.S. News and World Report. No big deal. Doctor Joe getting it done. Uh, my dad knows almost no Spanish. <laughs> He can basically, Which comes in very handy. the only Spanish he knows is he is able to tell a family that their child's arm is broken aquí, y aquí. Um, <laughs> and, like, he has this whole, like, little spiel that he could do. La fractura no es aquí, y aquí. And it's riddled with grammatical errors, his, his one spiel that he's memorized. Uh, like he says, the fra- la fractura no es ma- malo, or something. <laughs> Just like, like the, like the, <laughs> it's the, not the, that the gender doesn't match up between the <laughs> adjective and the noun. Like he, he's all, he's all screwed up. He's, he's terrible. Um, uh, but Holly and I were looking in our insurance and we saw him listed as a provider, like as a gold star Spanish speaking provider somehow. Oh, and wow. I don't know how that worked, but he has bamboo. Someone has bamboozled somebody because uh, let me tell you something. Dr. Joe Girardi cannot speak Spanish. He well, has great interpreters, valid children. So if you only speak Spanish, uh, si ustedes uh, solo habla en español, uh, el señor Dr. Gerardi es un uh, médico muy bueno. 
Uh, but <laughs> es un médico muy bueno. I, I guess that was that was that was a little Italian mixed in with Spanish right there. I, anyway. I guess either John, that is a um, as you said, that's either a testament to the great interpreting staff at Valley Children's, or yes. it is a indictment of U.S. News and World Report's entire rating uh, system. Apparently, apparently so. Well, that wasn't U.S. News Report, World Report who rated him like that. It was our insurance who rated him ah, like that. Ah, okay, so, okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Valley Children's Hospital. Good okay. place. Good place if you're a kid with a broken bone. So um, speaking of, I'm trying to think of how to make a transition here. Speaking of Israel. Yeah, no, no. Um, I went to Israel. I, no, no. <laughs> speaking of not breaking things, hey. the First Amendment lives to fight another day. Hey, there we go. Um, so, John, last week when I was in D.C., there was, not in D.C., excuse me. I'm so used to just saying that. When I was in Israel, there was um, a case that came down from the Supreme Court, a 7-2 to two decision that we'd, I think we talked about it on the show a little bit, but we, we hadn't talked about it a lot. I don't know that we did. I, yeah, I don't know if we did either. I, I thought that we'd mentioned it as a possible case that was going to be coming down the pike. We had not, at California Family Council, not focused on it a lot because it was a little bit... Um, it was a little bit more symbolic. I think it's important. I mean, it's literally symbolic. Literally it's about symbolic. A, it's about a big symbol. statue of a cross, which is a symbol. In Maryland, there was a gigantic war memorial from World War One, the Bladensburg Cross, the, the War Cross Peace Memorial that was honoring soldiers that I believe had died during World, World War One, And it had been the subject of some controversy for years. Because uh, well, it was originally maintained on private... It was built by a private entity, maintained on private property, but then eventually, I the believe land. the state of Maryland, I think they came to the land. purchase the land, and the state of Maryland has been maintaining it for I don't know something like fifty years or something. Yeah. and a bunch of atheists and uh, the ACLU, uh, the ACLU uh, filed a lawsuit saying, "Hey, this is a cross. It is a Christian symbol. You're maintaining it on public land with public money. It's literally an establishment of You're religion. You're literally establishing religion, which." is the incorrect use of literally it's joe if, biden's use of literally if they so. were literally establishing a religion then like they would you know martin luther it up and like <laughs> form a new corporation called the church of maryland and yeah you know, blah 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 and use taxpayer money that so would that's be highly ironic that. given the uh the history of the state of maryland yeah which <laughs> founded by <laughs> founded by catholics and then eventually the protestants drove them all out so. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway. Anywho. So, John, this case, um, and we'll talk about it a little Poor bit more. Lord. Poor Lord Baltimore. <laughs> God, <laughs> God rest his soul. The, anyway. the, the, the case here was a 7-2 to two decision. So, uh, just surprising. Z- zooming out a little bit, why is it when we hear, oh, my gosh, you know, the Supreme Court is so divided. I mean, there is acrimony. Everybody is, you know, they got knives out. You know, uh, people are just... You know, mm-hmm. there's so much tension and animosity. Mm-hmm. How in the world could we, in this polarized political climate, how in the world could we end up with a situation where two of the four liberals on the court, uh, Justice Stephen Breyer and Justice Elena Kagan, um, one, two a, sane ones. one a Bill Clinton appointee, the other a Barack Obama appointee, how in the world could they vote with these five dastardly conservatives? Because it was a pretty good case, probably. Um it's kind of an interesting case, and I guess it, I think it sort of is a testament to the fact that Kagan, Kagan certainly is my favorite liberal on the court, I'd say. I think she's probably the most reasonable person on the liberal side, and Breyer is sort of the smartest 
mm. liberal on the court, I'd say. I mean, he's kind of, he kind of has been for the left, maybe not quite what Scalia was for the right, but, you know, he's kind of the leading liberal lion on the court. And he's generally, a long time. Uh, he's generally kind of more good humored. I know I've listened to different lines of questioning, and if you listen to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you can barely understand what she's saying. Mm -hmm. um, Justice Sotomayor seems always angry. And, and I, I know that's a horribly sexist trope to say that about a woman justice, that she's always yeah, angry, well, but she, she I, always I does that, seem that way. Well, I, I don't know that Sotomayor quite has the... Intellectual heft? Well, even compared to Ginsburg, I, I don't know that... Yeah, anyway, I, without wanting to get into all that, I think Ginsburg and Sotomayor are also a bit more far to... A bit further to the left. At any rate, basically what the court ruled is that, look... Yes, it is a Christian cross, but there are tons of other things that this thing has come to symbolize that are secular in nature. And the fact that it's been around for 50 years carries with it this sort of presumption that it's not establishing religion because it means a lots means lots and lots of things to lots and lots of people. And there's a sort of, you know, secular purpose to it. So and if you got to the point, John, uh, this is as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, but if, if you had you were willing to reach back to the beginning of the 20th century and say, oh, well, this cross that is being maintained at government expense needs to be torn down. It begs the question, not begs the question, it asks it the question, raises the raises question. The question. Um, what does that mean for all the crosses at Arlington National Cemetery? Right. I, I mean, now you could probably distinguish that by saying, look, this reflects the individual wishes of those particular soldiers and Arlington Cemetery also has Stars of David over the Jewish soldiers who are buried there but uh, it's a good ruling but it is very fact specific to this particular cross in Maryland so I don't know that it's going to lead to some huge grand precedent but it's better than if they ruled it not constitutional so we're going to come back from the break. We will talk a little bit more about this case, about the remaining courses on the Supreme Court's docket, and more on today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty. Family Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller, President and CEO of California Family Council. Sitting next to me in this chair to my left, but not politically, is John Girardi. Good to be here. Director, Executive of Rights Life Central California. Jo John, um, I realized as we were talking during the break that we kind of buried the lead on a very important um, time-sensitive story. We're talking about all this great commentary from the last few weeks, but there's actually a very big hearing tomorrow. So if any of you are watching this on Facebook Live, live, and you are interested in joining us at a very important hearing for SB 24, the bill that would force every CSU and UC campus to become an abortion, chemical abortion clinic, provi abortion drug provider, uh, there is still time to go. Yes. So get in touch with us at Right to Life of Central California if you want to go. We, like now. Like, like now. Right yeah. now. Before, Stop what you're doing. Before noon today, we're going to decide if we're going to take this bus or not. We need like enough people to kind of justify doing it. So give us a call at 559-229-2229 or email us at info at rtlcc.org. But probably just give us a call. 229-BABY. 229-2229. There you go. That's There you go. And if you cannot go with 
uh, right to life central california if you are in southern california or if you are in northern california or the bay area we still encourage you to come and join us because this event should be a lot of people yes and uh, this is the bill that last year uh we spent a lot of time fighting alongside students for life of america um it was discouraging to see the bill pass it was very encouraging to see uh governor brown in a fairly shocking turn of events actually veto the bill and sadly this is one of the issues that i think gavin newsom is um it's probably going to be one of the biggest differences between the two governors yeah i think there's a lot of ways in which jerry brown was relatively speaking kind of moderate uh on religious liberty issues on basically actually on fiscal issues more yeah um and i think some of the fiscal concerns and religious liberty concerns were why he vetoed sb24 uh, sb320 last year that was it was the same legislation last year under a different bill name uh and i think gavin newsom doesn't care as much about these things i don't think he cares as much about fiscal responsibility as jerry brown did Jerry Brown was very responsible about spending taxpayer money. He would never spend taxpayer money unless he first taxed you to death. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and John, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't commit to new government spending without an equivalent source of revenue to pay for it, basically. So he's happy to spend more money, but only if he increases your taxes first. And the interesting thing about this, John, this is like the single biggest issue where Gavin Newsom has been heterodox with the Democratic establishment, and certainly with Jerry Brown, the single biggest issue is the bullet train. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's probably the one time I'm ever going to agree with, with Gavin Newsom. But ironically, the, the hard thing is, I think this is actually very bad for us as social conservatives, because I think what it does, we... Before the break, we were joking about the NBA. We were talking about the need for cap space uh-huh. to free up, uh, you know, trade away low-performing assets to free up space to uh, hire or sign yeah, superstar. superstars. I think in a perverse sense, that is kind of what Gavin Newsom has done with the bullet train. He has said, all right, we're cutting the bullet train uh, because... And we're going to use all that money on other stuff. Yep. Not that we're going to save the all money. these cost savings. Look at all the, with all the new cap space, quote unquote, that we have freed up. Now we can go and pay for abortion on college campuses and we can Kawhi Leonard. That's right. We can, we can, uh, we can mandate, um, expanded healthcare for undocumented immigrants. We can, um, mandate a public option. I mean, not quite Medicare for all, but pretty darn close Mm -hmm. to it. So uh, I think that we have a very low likelihood that Gavin Newsom is going to veto this bill. Yeah. Especially because I think he has proven himself to be much more, not only doctrinaire, but much more um, beholden, uh, 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 much more enthusiastically evangelistic when it comes to, obviously, the gay marriage issue. Yeah. But also even on abortion issues. I I think he is the guy who was happily violating California state law and issuing marriage licenses to gay people. Was that right after Prop 8? Oh, no, or no. Before like Prop 8? T- 2003, yeah, like, I yeah, think, yeah, was yeah. when he first started. I yeah. mean, and, and there was the famous quote that was used over and over during the Prop 8 campaign, which was, you know, it's coming whether you like it or not. That was that mm-hmm. was Gavin Newsom's thing. Essentially, yeah. thumbing his nose at the voters of California, at the state constitution. And now that he has the highest constitutional office in the land, he... In the in the state, at least, he I think really feels. Uh, I mean, he's president in his own mind. Yes, he he's obviously 
gearing up to run for president in four years. Yes. Pe- people have already talked about the fact that he is essentially making decisions now. No, it's okay. He was just visiting Iowa just for fun. <laughs> you know, he, he's he, just an Iowa kind of... Any picture you see of Gavin Newsom, you yeah. think, you know, looks kind of like an Iowan. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, living in Like San most people years, with, with, you know, $5,000 suits and slicked back hair. Well, he looks babe. like an Iowa farm boy. He is like... Ugh. He's like Gordon Gecko, a younger version. It's just ugh. Gordon so, Gecko, but without all the moral principles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, all, all the moral uh, <laughs> standard disclaimer that Right to Life of Central California does not support or endorse candidates. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, Gavin Newsom's not running for anything for a while. No, he's not. Um, and I, I will say this, John. I think Gavin Newsom does have the potential to follow in Jerry Brand's footsteps in a good way. Um, and veto this bill. Yeah. But I don't think there's any remote chance that he would even consider vetoing this bill without a very strong showing at the hearing tomorrow. Yeah. So bring or, it back. Or, you know, a couple of Democrats deciding not to vote on the bill or something. Yeah. So I, I think that that's a small possibility, but a possibility. So I, I strongly encourage all of you who are watching this, uh, come to the hearing tomorrow. Uh, Students for Life of America actually has, I think, a pretty great... Uh, page about this. I know Right to Life Central California has a great page about this. Uh, you can go to righttolifeca.org. You can find out more. And I, I, th- there are not a lot of bills this session that California has a real chance of stopping. It's a, it's a long shot, but this is at least one of them. Um, and I also think, if nothing else, it is a really important opportunity to raise awareness among all of your friends, among all of the voters that we know to to really kind of show John how extreme the Democrat Party in the state of California has become. And I hate to be I hate to be partisan about it because I really, as we often say on the show, I would love nothing more for the pro-life issue to be a bipartisan uh, issue. You, yes. you joked, I was listening to one of our old shows, just kind of jogging my memory when I was in Israel. Um, the I, I you you mentioned when we were talking about the corporatist takeover of Pride Month, you were saying, man, I'd love it for the uh, yeah, corporations yeah. to co-opt yeah. the pro-life so issue. So all these LGBT people are like, oh, these corporations that didn't care about us before, now they actually, yeah, what is there about, you know, they're just co-opting Pride Month, all these big corporations like Sears and, you know. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, look, if Sears wants to co-opt the pro-life movement and just give us a bunch of money and publicly promote, I By am all down, means. I am down for that. Any any time anyone wants to give us tons of money and you know co-opt our movement, I'm, I'm more than happy to be co-opted. Come on in, the water's the fine. water's fine. So so at least a Republican president gave all those huge pro LGBT, pro gay marriage, pro abortion corporations an enormous tax cut. So. Yeah, well, grumble grumble. This is, this is sort of getting moving into po- post conservative populism griping over here. So uh, this is something that when we come back on a future show, I think, I think we're going to talk about lots of other topics related to populism versus conservatism. But we have one more segment in today's show, so we'll be right back on Life, Family, Liberty. final segment of today's Life, Family, Liberty show. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller, trying to log back into my computer after it locked 
uh, it seems to sleep really quickly. Well, yeah, I think I have it set up so there's this thing where if I go to one of the corners, it automatically locks. Hmm. So if I'm walking away, I can just put my mouse up in the corner and it, it locks. But Well, you know, all the people trying to snag your secret. Uh, yes. Secrets off your laptop. Secret right, identity, so. I know. So, all right, John, I wanted to swing back around given the, the title of the show on Facebook and in the podcast feed. Uh, we're talking about religious liberty. Uh, there are still a couple of cases. I don't think there's any big bombshell cases that are still waiting at the U.S. Supreme Court. There are a lot of cases, but I don't know that too many of them really deal with any of the core issues of this show. Right. So. And there are several decisions today. Uh, I'll let's see here. Yeah, th- there's at least there's at least four. Um, punitive damages are not available in a case alleging breach of general maritime duty to provide a seaworthy vessel. Uh, mm. Dutra Group versus Batterton. That, that's a little bit out of our wheelhouse. Yeah, well, as an expert in pirate law, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I, I owe punitive damages? I got your punitive damages right here, matey. That's right. <laughs> so Here's he, a cannonball to the kisser. Here's, a, here, here's the, uh, the title, though, at scotusblog.com. This is the thing I thought was funny, John. They're talking about this case. Uh, this is from um, Ira Lupu, who is the F. L. Wood and Eleanor Davis Professor of Law Emeritus at the George Washington University Law School, and Robert Tuttle, who is the Burr's professor, research professor, at, also at GW Law School. Okay. So GW Law. GW Law. And it says, um, I'm going to read the first paragraph, but then I want to go back and read the title. It says, in the American Legion versus American Humanist Association, the Supreme Court considered whether the Establishment Clause barred a government-sponsored display of a 40-foot cross known as the Bladensburg Cross on public land as a memorial to the men of Prince George's County, Maryland, who had died in World War I. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit, applying the well-known and long-derided three-part test from Lemon v. Kurtzman, had held in 2017 that the display unconstitutionally endorsed Christianity and ordered its removal from public land. Seven justices voted to reverse, so the Bladensburg Cross will remain in place. But the case produced six separate opinions, and it reveals that the court remains starkly divided on fundamental questions about the meaning of the Establishment Clause. Lower courts will quickly note that the governing standards and the cases involving religious displays have changed, but what will emerge remains far from obvious. Okay, fair enough, John. It's there true that there were six separate opinions. Yes. But the title, it says, Symposium, a splintered court leaves the Bladensburg cross intact. Well, it is true. It's splintered. I mean, six different opinions. Concurring opinions. Yeah. yeah. But it and, was still it was a seven, seven to two. It was still seven to two. Uh, uh, so, John, isn't r- super r- remind me, what was the vote um, in... Obergefell v. Hodges? That would be five to four, sir. Five to four. Okay. And for those of you not paying attention... Um, Obergefell v. Hodges, that was the case that... Um, legalized gay marriage everywhere. Yeah. And by saying legalized gay marriage, I think Forced we every say, state to change its laws to make gay marriage legal. Yeah. It, in, it, whether they invalidated, it, it invalidated the state constitutions of, I think, 33 separate states right. that had voted by popular referendum to... Define uh, marriages between one man and one woman. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, John, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think that the uh, that case was generally generally titled as a it was generally court yeah it was generally t- in spite of the fact that it was five to four and very fiercely divisive and the conservatives on the court thought it was a terrible decision uh it nevertheless was hailed by every media outlet as oh, a landmark decision uh, uh you know basically all but called a triumph and president obama lit up the 
a White House with a bunch of rainbow lights and, and celebration and, of it, and, in spite of the fact that it was upholding a posi- the opposite position of what he held when he first ran for president. And, and Justice Justice Kennedy wrote the majority opinion, yes, but he then did. Chief Justice Roberts wrote a dissenting opinion. Justice Scalia wrote a dissenting opinion. Justice Thomas wrote a dissenting opinion. Justice Alito wrote a dissenting <laughs> opinion. So we have were, so many reasons why we think this is dumb. So there were five opinions, and that case was a triumph, you know, a monumental civil rights victory. A landmark. A landmark. landmark is the adjective they love using. Yes. A landmark decision, which is, which is their way of saying something that sounds really positive while saying, well, the word yeah. landmark doesn't I'll, necessarily mean something that, positive. That was, that was the We're not title. taking a position. We're just, you know, upholding basic human rights. If you look at the SCOTUS blog coverage from that, now, to be, to be fair, to be SCOTUS blog, I think, tries as hard as possible to be nonpartisan, non-ideological. They, they have a, a wide range of people with different viewpoints. And, w- and we should also clarify, for those of you who are listening or watching, SCOTUS blog is not the official blog of the United States Supreme Court or of the Supreme Court of the United States. Which confuses many people. It's very funny because whenever you see SCOTUS blog tweeting and they're, they're just linking to the opinion itself, you see angry people on Twitter saying, I can't Screw believe you. Screw you, Supreme Court. <laughs> And they're like, well, uh, it wasn't we're, us. We're, we're, don't shoot the messenger. We're shooting we're, the messenger. We're just a blog that writes about it. So, but, but John, as you said, look at some of the titles from the symposium, some of the articles that are posted here at SCOTUS blog, um, in defense of Justice Kennedy's soaring language, a fi- or another one, a fair and proper application of the 14th Amendment, or from Erwin Chemerinsky at Berkeley, a landmark victory. There's of your course. word. Yeah, a landmark, landmark victory landmark. for civil rights. Uh, Another one. Sometimes it takes unelected justices, not the political process, to give Americans the law they really want. Uh, anyway, mm. so there is there is a huge uh, a huge difference, I think, in the way that this case, which is a narrow decision on religious liberty, was heralded, even in the title, versus how this very narrow decision, a five four decision, two two justices closer. Uh, was decided on gay marriage. And and John, I think it's something, I don't want to get into a huge kerfuffle about media bias, but it is just funny to me to see how even the way that these stories are reported often minimizes the the victories of uh, constitutional conservatives and it maximizes no, the 100%. victories of, yeah. Yeah. of liberals. Yeah, no, no conservative has ever had an unmitigated win like ever in the history yep. of anything. So. Yep. So... Um, where we go from here, John, I, um, I, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I've not seen looking here at the court. I don't know what the next courses are that they're bringing up uh, from here. It says they've added uh, a couple of different couple of different cases uh, regarding um, eight new cases in the merits dockets for a f- total of five oral argument hours. So we'll have to we'll have to see what those are. We're going to talk about those on a future show. Uh, but John, I know you followed this a little bit. I know it's it's. It's a little bit more in depth. We probably could spend a whole show just discussing the first term of Justice Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, I know there was a lot of um, sturm and drang about, okay, Justice Kavanaugh, you know, he's replacing Justice Kennedy. How How is this going to mark a change on the U.S. Mm-hmm. Supreme Court? What What have you seen in the last three minutes and 46 seconds of the show? Well, it, there seems to be... It seems that he and Roberts have sort of taken up this position of 
really being conservative as it as re, and by conservative I mean like restricted about procedural things. So using every procedural argument they possibly can. Bless you. Woo. Bless you. Jeez. Using every procedural argument they possibly can in order not to do things. And especially seemingly if it's a topic like abortion, um, they seem to be very, very hesitant to approach it and are really standing on procedure for a lot, a lot of things like that, which isn't necessarily bad. I mean, it kind of matches with their stated philosophies of how they think judges should be, that judges shouldn't insert themselves in these things unless they have to. Um, but it, it seems like they're sort of putting off the inevitable um, it seems like Kavanaugh has voted mostly the right way on most things, but, um, it does seem to me, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to get a really good feel for him as it regards our key issues. Cause he still hasn't really taken on any of our really key issues. Uh, they decided not to take the case about Indiana's abortion law, which bans abortions for various reasons of discrimination. They decided not to take, I believe, one abortion funding case. So it, it's it's hard to get a really good handle on it uh, yet. So, so it's I, I would say so far positive signs, but inconclusive. Yeah, I I, I don't know, kind of mixed signs, but I, I don't know that Kavanaugh's background gives me a lot of hope. Um, his, I mean, he goes on and on about. He has all these speeches where he talks about how much he loved Chief Justice Rehnquist and Chief Justice Rehnquist's views of, on things, his, his appreciation for the Glucksburg decision. And, and I think all of that points towards a future where Brett Kavanaugh is doing good things uh, as it relates to abortion and stuff like that. And I, as I was listening to a podcast again from 538, which is a, another podcast entity uh, from the website 538, their legal expert was noting that I think Kavanaugh voted with Roberts more than any other justice. Yeah. They were like paired almost. Yeah. N not every time, but most of the time they were yeah, the two I, justices I think they're, that most they're voted the, together. They're the two to watch. And then interestingly, uh, Justice Gorsuch was actually paired, I think they said the most, with Alito and I think um, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Um, Gorsuch is, is kind of the better pick at this point. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and not to for say. That, obvious, for certain reasons that were obvious. Yes. Yeah. Multiple reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but all that to say, John, I think um, as we head into the, I think by next week we'll know, we'll be done with the Supreme Court term. We'll know if there's anything else left uh, that are kind of, you know, bombshells in the few cases that are left. And we'll know if they've granted any review to cases. Mm -hmm. um, so next week we might do a, a brief recap, but for now I would say at least a, a reasonably positive end to the term. Sure. Bladensburg Cross is a positive sign for religious liberty, but more to come. Yes, so more, more needs to happen. We hope to see you in Sacramento tomorrow. Yes. I'm Jonathan Keller. I'm John Girardi. Uh, find out more at the website or Facebook page for Life, Family, Liberty. <laughs>